Welcome to the South, home of the All Man Brothers. Which brothers tend to be all men. Often, often. This is their classic hit, Ramblin' Man. And boy, does this song remind me of growing up in the South. How's that? Well, I remember my mama used to sop up. She used to say, sop up your biscuits with the bits and the chili chitlins. Gator nipping at the tick thicket and Granny Gus gone and swat up all the chitlins thistles. Old Soapy and I reckoned on over to the Piggly Wiggly Pay and Pray and the Mrs. Dunn got right warm and slappy. Oh my mm. God, it's like we're there. Hey, they're in the South. Don't ask about no hootin' rootin's though, because... A buster fire went and got plowed all the muck runners straight over the Mackledackle County line. Won't no Smokey be poking around these parts when Pappy Fifi's got his rifle ready around the still, pumping moonshine like water under Preacher Handyman's sugar mother pit. It's such a rich and beautiful culture. It, Very you traditional. Know, you know, it's one thing to, to write that down, it's another thing to say it. <laughs> Listen. I've been saving up my penny shucking cotton stems, hoping to scrape up some hickey nickels and mosey golfways. Spread my green means on the boatman's laps. Uh, fun acquire me one of them vessels like the California cooter sailors float out in the China pond. Shoot out past the keys and see what kind of trouble I can get into. <laughs> Just need some smooth tunes to soothe my shooking guts. But seeing how I'm already sore, missing my port swing, my ocean-bound circle scratchers gotta fire up some sounds of home. <laughs> It's like he's speaking white jive. <laughs> I've, I've never heard a more racist term for the Pacific Ocean than the China Pond, and I commend you for that. Racist? It's a pond that takes you to China. This is beyond... Now, I actually, I did partly grow up in the South. I lived in Louisiana for six years, and I want to say, J.D., you completely nailed the experience. All I can say is, Poo-yay! Kel-on-yop, Roscoe Pico Train. This is Beyond Yacht Rock, Southern Yacht. Beyond Yacht Rock. This is the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast. Mm. Podcast that creates musical genres, counts down the best songs in those genres. Why are we listening to Smokey Robinson? That's a great question. <laughs> why? Are, why not? Number one, it's on shuffle. Oh. Number two, the Smokey Robinson song from a yacht and yacht made it into this uh, this here mm -hmm. <laughs> playlist. Mm. <laughs> you fucking California cooter sailor. <laughs> that is not what we're going to be hearing today. No. no. At all. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's get into the bone throw. Yeah. Hey, this is the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast. This is the only podcast on the internet that makes up musical genres and count down, counts down the best hits in those genres. My name is J.D. Riznar. Hello, I'm Hollywood Steve. Dave Lyons. And I'm Hunter. We created the term Yacht Rock through our internet show Yacht Rock from 12 years ago. But you love Yacht Rock music so much that drew you to us. Yep. And so we like to throw a bone to Yacht Rock every time. Now, and this episode's completely devoted to Yacht Rock, but we're still going to throw a little bone and get things warmed up. Hunter, what is this song? Well, we're not going too far from the south here, I'd say. Uh, this is uh, this is Seals and Crop, If in Any Day. I, uh, I think we can all agree. Wait, hold on. I just want to pause there. Yes, we are bone-throwing Seals and Crop. So, Crofts. Crofts. I was waiting for it. Good job, Steve. 
Ooh, this is a bounce. I yeah. just want to bet with myself. Uh, <laughs> I think we can all agree that Summer Breeze is in Yacht Rock. Um, but I think we could probably say that is proto, right? Yeah, that's what I would too say. Too early, too folky, too acoustic, a little too hippy dippy. You keep Summer Breeze a fuck off uh, my Yacht Rock all right, playlist. All right, settle down. Jeez, somebody gave him some moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> um, Happy. Anyway, probably did. <laughs> so, could the question is, even after this, that stuff was really early. Could after Yacht Rock came out, could Seals and Croft? Learn from it and get onto the boat, and I would say, hey, yeah, why not? And this is that. I said uh, the name already. It's If and Any Days from their 1980 album, The Longest Road. Um, yeah, this Bone Throw today, is, it's basically technically our number 12 on the countdown. It's yeah. a quick little taste of Southern Yacht. Just have a nibble on that biscuit, Uncle Cleto. Hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's a weird one. Um, there's not any big-time boatsmen on the song. The album has uh, Victor Feldman and Abe Laboreal. Along with a bunch of other fringe yacht session guys, too many to name, uh, but none of them have super huge cred. Uh, but this song, what it has mostly is one Michael Sambello, mm. who co wrote the song with Marietta Waters, not related to the Yacht Rock Waters. Uh, Sambello plays keyboards and uh, that very yachty guitar on here that I think is about to kick in, which I really think ties this song together. Yeah, yeah. listen to this. And I feel like this song sounds like McDonald-era doobies, like in parts. Um, a couple of the songs today will kind of have that that, that McDonald-era doobie sound, or even pre-McDonald doobies. Yeah. Or even just Jack the McDonald doobies names. We got one of those coming up. Um, it's, it's, I like the beauty. There's beautiful electric piano in this. And yeah, I, I just love that Zambello guitar. Yeah. So Michael Zambello is awesome, man. Zambello <laughs> is mostly known for his work with Stevie Wonder. Uh, but and he does, and what? Maniac. Yeah. What and, about Footloose? Okay. How dare you, Hunter? I'm, I'm, let's prior to this. Let's separate Michael Zambello, the huge celebrity, from right. Michael Zambello, the session player. Hey, man, I'm just a Steel Town girl on a Saturday night calling it like I see it. Listen, yeah, on he, Flash Dance. He, he, did a lot of, he did a lot of soundtrack work, but I'm talking about his... El- his, his his previous album work, and he was mo- most mostly known for his work with Stevie Wonder. Um, at this point, at this point, I mean, he did other stuff, but but that he was famous for playing, and he had his, he had great face, facial hair too. I don't mm. know. Yeah, take a look at it sometime. Um, yeah, dude, dude's a grower. Yeah, uh, but, that, uh, <laughs> but he, did, he does have a few uh, yacht rock creds, like working with Phil and Gaines and Larson Feeton. Although nothing super bonanza, for, but for whatever reason, his brand of uh, R&B mixes well with these Texas folk boys who landed in L.A., and I think definitely this is a Yacht Rock song. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> um, it doesn't sound, and it, you know, it doesn't even sound like Summer Breeze. It doesn't even sound like their oh, previous no. yeah, stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, this doesn't no. sound like hippie campfire yeah. shit. No, um, it sounds like a totally different band. I love it when these, these Yacht Rock folky bands from the early 70s that everybody thinks is Yacht Rock grow up and, and release Yacht Rock music in the... Uh, in the in the yacht rock era, we'll hear it again in a couple from a couple other dudes mm-hmm. that were in yacht yeah, rock in the early seventies. Yeah. And at this point, uh, Seals and Crofts were were going in a pretty hard jazz direction, um, which I think you can definitely hear on this this sure. uh, song. Um, <clears throat> and also to go further with our show today. Uh, I'd just like to add that I picked this because I think the folk rock tradition lies heavily into a southern sound. Um, and uh, often being too folky gets you, kicks you straight off the boat. Yep. But it can be overcome with the right mix of smooth. And a lot of these songs today, they don't, they're not necessarily folky. Some are, some aren't. Mm-hmm. 
but they have that right mix of smooth that gets them onto the boat. And they have a little bit of groove to them a lot of the time, too, yeah. is what I've been noticing listening we'll, to this list. Yeah. We'll definitely talk about that. And this has a good groove on it, yeah. too. Yeah, we got to bounce. When you listen to this song, listen at the end, there's some really nice uh, white guy yacht scatting. Just some, like, doo-doos and some doip doips And, like, it's really technically it's bad scatting, but it's done smoothly and without any shame, so I'm proud of it. I mean, you can't you can't say Dwight Dwight without with with shame. You can't no. do that. You got to own it. You got to own your Dwipes. All right, let's talk a little more in detail about Southern Yacht. Now, first, I want to say, awesome job, Hunter. Yeah, nice yeah, he, work. He really, uh, Hunter really took the lead on this this uh, formulating this genre and picking the songs, and uh, he uncovered a lot of stuff that I've never heard of. Uh, and it's all great. Oh, I also want to say it's, it's episode sixty. It's Yacht Rock on the tens. Yeah, this yeah is that's what we're doing. It. This is what we do if you're just tuning in to us for the first time. Every ten episodes, we do a Yacht Rock. Yeah, we, we go back to being on brand. I think if somebody just tuned into us for the first time, they're really fucking confused. Yeah, and I don't think the description's gonna help. I but anyway, think, welcome to the podcast. I know. I think I think our, my opening clarified what we were all about. Pretty, yeah. Pretty you really precisely. transported us to a simpler Southern time. Yeah. Um. So so, but again, like, good job, Hunter. There's a lot of under the radar stuff here, and it's really blown my mind. It's like an entire new sonic corner of yacht rock. So I have a question. How did you, how did you go hunting for these? Like Hunter, was it like the first? What was the first thread you followed? Like was there a Southern Jay Graydon you were pulling at? Um, well, I don't want to spoil too many things, but for later. But yeah, there was there was some, definitely some purple links on Discogs. Hachi mm-hmm. um, <laughs> It really it all started with a, a hunt, hunt for some good bone throws because it seemed like we were all uh, s- stepping it up trying to find some real obscure stuff. This was and Three this, of us definitely were. And this is uh this was <laughs> I mean and and Dave was playing Toto. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but this love, the, love me some Toto. And these are this was pre, <laughs> this is pre uh Yadern Yacht days. So uh we didn't have people flooding us with with right. s- with song suggestions. And we've we've kind of been sniffing around it for a while. I mean, you've brought up the idea of Southern Yacht before. We talked about if it existed or if it didn't and I think you proved it's a thing. Yeah, and mostly I was trying to. I was trying to. I was convinced that uh, that's that smoother southern stuff like um, the Atlanta rhythm section or some smooth stuff by Thirty Eight Special was somehow uh, related to because it was, came out around the same time as as Yacht Rock, so it had to somehow be related to the smoothness in Yacht Rock. I didn't necessarily find that, but I did find some connections. Well, what I'm kind of curious about is, is this indicative of artists, Southern artists trying to be yacht, or were they just going with, like, what was happening at the time? Well, I would... That's one and the same, I think. Yeah? Yeah. I think this is the sound of the time. And so they, they were trying to... Yeah, adhere to, to that sound. Trying to do or, pop these, records. Trying these to guys are making hits. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, the sound sucks you in. And but this song, though, influences this, you. This song's a deep cut. This is, of course, the Doobie Brothers with the song called "Carry Me Away" from their "Taking to the Streets" album from 1976. Pretty much kicking off yacht rock. And which of the Doobie singers sings this one? Is it Tom Johnson? I, who it, knows? It's is impossible. It, yeah. Michael McDonald, uh, Simmons, Patrick I, Simmons. I feel like I hear Michael on there, but who? who uh, did could you tell? did you look at the liner notes of this, Steve? Do you know? I did not. Is this no. a bit? 
It sounds like Michael McDonald. I think it's Michael McDonald. <laughs> yes, no, it's, yes, it's yeah. Michael McDonald. Are you kidding? Wait, are you guys messing with me? No, nobody knows. No, we're just uh, trying to figure lost, it out. Lost, uh, lost it's impossible going to find I've out. I've listened to it a hundred times. I can't figure it out. Yep. But you know you know what you can figure out is when you when this song opens it up, <clears throat> you, can, you can hear the obvious, especially right here, you can hear the obvious Southern R&B influence. Yeah, I, f- I hear a lot of New Orleans in there. And But it's yeah, that perfectly me- meshed with... Basically, Captain Neil's uh, love will keep us together, especially the opening part. Put, start it up. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Love will keep us together. It, and <clears throat> which, by the way, I'm ready to admit after my anger about that fucking hat from our first <laughs> yacht, yacht, uh, yacht rock. Um, I'm willing to admit that that is definitely proto. Yeah. And that totally. And that and you can hear that in this song. Um, and also the that beginning, if you back it up again, mm-hmm. it almost sounds like a predecessor to what a fool. It is. That, and that was my next point. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have read ahead. Uh, yes. No, uh, you shouldn't have. And so if you and so when they combine that southern sound with that Captain and Tennille, both a bit proto, mm-hmm. what it creates is basically the beginnings of what a fool be- believes. Mm-hmm. So this is this weird mesh on this. You know what? Talking about what a fool believes, and I'm hearing this song now. It, it, that is Michael McDonald singing. It's definitely Michael McDonald. You think so? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Who can tell? Well, here's another thing: is that it's the last. It's the last song on the album, so they're throwing. He's a, their new lead singer. Yeah, he was a background yeah. singer before this. From right? Missouri. So they're throwing. And he talks him a, about it. They're throwing their new lead singer a bone. Like, hey, you want to do that song paying tribute to your hometown of St. Louis, Missouri? Well, that goes at the end of the album, Michael McDonald. <laughs> and man, Skunk better be right about you, you piece of shit! And then taking it to the streets, hit number 13, and the Yacht Rock era was officially kicked off, hmm. I think. Yeah, and this really... And this song really kicks him into that What a Fool Believes era, because you can hear it in the yeah, song. Absolutely. Like the early beginnings of it. Um, <clears throat> uh, well, Doobies were Southern Fried before Mike McDonald joined. Um... Uh, and to end their first album featuring him with a song paying tribute to St. Louis, Missouri, the great southern city. Uh, gateway, that, gateway to the South and the West. Mm-hmm. It may seem, it makes a strong argument that Yacht Rock and the South are fast friends. And Southern Yacht is as natural as Grand Nana's Mince Knocky Pie. Mm-hmm. Ever had mm. Mince Knocky Pie down south? Yeah, it's uh, it's an old favorite, very traditional. Uh, you wouldn't want to see it made, but uh, no, yeah, don't, especially don't, with Grandma. Yeah, yeah, the taste is out of this world. Don't don't peek behind Granny's down south curtain. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, so as, as we listen to Southern Southern Yacht, I feel like it's a lot like Southern Rock. Like it's sonically filthied up. It's like a filthied up version of Yacht Rock, where most radio rock tends to be crisper than Southern Rock is. Southern Yacht definitely takes some coarse-ass sandpaper to the Yacht Rock sound. Absolutely. And I think you see on these songs, you see less a jazz influence and a higher blues and R&B influence. Um, that's there, that, that, that music is so rooted in the South yeah, to begin with. Absolutely. And that's where that dirty sound comes from. And of course... Uh, this is Yacht Rock reintroduced to the roots of an original influence, meaning southern rock, the southern rock and roll sound with a little bit of folk and a little bit of country mixed with jazz and smooth R&B to create the original Yacht Rock. But now Yacht Rock is influencing that southern sound. It's a weird hybrid of a hybrid. Yeah, it's cross-pollination, like when James Brown started influencing artists in Africa, sort of. So these album, so these album babies on this on this show. Uh, or, excuse me, the other ones, the other babies on these albums that we didn't choose, uh, they they don't get the right genetics, but 
Today we found the right ones that had that per perfect cross-pollination, uh, that one or two of these songs that get the, or on these albums, they get the right genes and our good southern yacht, and we'll hear all those babies today. Let's set sail for the Gulf of Mexico, fellas. Listen to that Alabama beef right off the bat. No idea what Alabama beef is, but you're going to hear it, can't you? Sure can. Absolutely. I find most of these songs, <clears throat> possibly all of them, so let's listen to it, have a deep, farty bass or keyboard line. Um, dirty, dirty farts. And this is absolutely no exception. It's almost all farts. I think from now on, that sound should be known as the Alabama beef. Alabama beef. Alabama beef. You know I think the Alabama beef must be deep fried to produce all those farts. You know what's crazy is even Alabama must have really nice marinas where rich guys have boats. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. They don't have a lot of coastlines. They, they, no, they, they have that little tiny bit, right? Yeah. That's going to be a nice marina on no, there. No, those southern states. I mean, they just filmed Baywatch in Georgia. I mean, there's some yeah. Yeah, there's some West Coast looking uh, places down there. Yachts aplenty. Did we say who this is? Oh, we did not. This oh, is, no. uh, Dave, would you like to say uh, who this is? Yeah, sure. This is Burn and Barnes with uh, the hijack doobie title, Keeps on Running. Hey, listen to this chorus. It shimmers like the sunlight glinting off a gentle wave in the distance of the Gulf of Mexico. But like the wave, but it's like a wave with a deep feeling of racial acrimony and some down-home cooking, like biddle nits and ripple rigs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Deep fried. Always deep fried in, uh, nut, in nutter butter oil. <laughs> <laughs> so these these guys these are Muscle Shoals guys. Yeah. Uh, and and while they didn't have anyone on the boat on this album, I looked it up, um, and it's hard to find. Uh, but it, it's super rare. It's a collector's item. We yeah, talked about it yeah, before. Yeah. 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 Uh, Muscle like, Shoals was definitely. It's called an eye for an eye. Sorry. Muscle Muscle Shoals Burns and Barnes eye for an eye. If you have that in your record collection, you could probably sell it for a hundred dollars. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just gonna say that Muscle Shoals was definitely connected to. to if the, it's in good condition, you yeah. might get five hundred, maybe, maybe yeah. even a thousand if it's, it's pretty, if you find yeah. the right guy. Mm -hmm. But no, Muscle Shoals. Let's talk about Muscle Shoals. And you know, I looked this album up on uh, allmusic.com. It's hard to find credits. It is. It is. Well, All Music has the release date in 2001, which is, we all know is a re-release. Yeah, that's the reissue. Uh, the original one came out in what, 81? I don't know. You're supposed to do the research yeah, on this Yeah, this is one. your song. It was 81. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was trying to spark conversation. Uh, you guys want to talk about Muscle Shoals? Yeah, sorry, bit Yeah, over. let's walk yeah. through this. Bit uh, over. Well, I just wanted to say... That Muscle Shoals was definitely connected to the sound of Yacht Rock through Sanford Townsend. That's Which we'll talk about in the next song. Yep, possibly. Yeah. Maybe we will. Spoilers much, Steve? Yeah, jeez. Uh, and so if you really were inclined to this type of sound, you could definitely uh, you could definitely get some of that influence. And they would uh, and these guys would later go on to work with the Porter Sisters, Patty Austin, and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh my god, the the amount of like hit songs they played on is is staggering. I think I want to say they had more number ones. Are you talking about muscle? I'm talking about the muscle. I'm talking about Burn and Barnes rhythm section. Yeah, I'm just talking about Burn and Barnes. Let's talk about the Muscle Shoals rhythm section. Yeah, we've touched on it a bunch of times, but we've never really talked about it. Was what? What's the guy's name? Rick Kelly. Rick Hall. It was Rick Hall. He was the owner of Fame Studios, and he put this band together. And they were known as the Swampers. In fact, what's that shitty band that Sweet Home Alabama? 
Oh, Leonard Skinner? Yeah, they talk about uh, Muscle Shoals has got the swampers or whatever the mm-hmm. lyric is. But these that was the rhythm section. Uh, they were part of Fame Recording Studios, but then they left and made their own studio, which was the Muscle Shoals Sound Studio. I have it written down. I should look at it. No, no, no. Just go, go for yeah. it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Call the Mama Muscle Shoals. Just, just, just let it rip. It's kind of uh, Alabama's answer to Booker T and the MGs from, from the Stax Volt labels. Yeah. And there, as of a couple weeks ago, the Muscle Shoals documentary was still on Netflix. Highly recommended. Very entertaining. And you will then know as much about it as I do. <laughs> You guys ever driven down, I think, the, the coast of California? And there's like no, a, I never have. There's a Muscle Shoals exit? No? Oh, yeah, no. yeah, I've seen have that. Have you seen that? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's like a dock that goes out into like, a, uh, a, like, a, like an oil rig or something. It's weird. Yeah, but and, if, and then and a you, boat comes and takes you all the way around no. down the Panama Canal and takes you up to Muscle no, Shoals in it's, Alabama. It's better. It's a portal. There's a oh. wizard, and you buy a ticket from the wizard, and you jump through the portal, and then you're in Alabama. Oh, that's fantastic. I've never been there. And you're nibbling on Granny's hookahakas. <laughs> I'm going to stop in next time. Yeah. It's deep fried in chitlin butter. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, it's an infusion. It's a butter infusion. I oh, see. man. What a thing. Opinion of these bumpers, Dave. I really like them and I want to ask about them, but I've been put in my place too many times, fellas. I thought maybe you'd say they're good. And unlike they Steve, they are good. Unlike Steve, I'll take a note. And I will uh, re. re uh, What's re- the note? Recuse myself. It's a C sharp. I will recuse myself <laughs> from uh, commenting on the bumpers, although they're pretty good. <coughs> Who did them? We'll find out later. <laughs> Keep your pants on, you piece of shit. Oh, God, I want to take my pants off. Hey. Steve. Hey, it's the Sanford Townsend Band, uh, which, who were definitely connected to the southern yacht scene through Muscle Shoals Studios. Couple Alabama guys. Yeah, this is, uh, this is the title track from their third and final album, Nail Me to the Wall, from 1979. Surprise finale. Yep. Unexpected it's- final album. Yeah, their their commercial fortunes were uh, declining uh, to dwindling success. down to nothingness at this point. Success and notoriety was behind them. Uh, so these guys were... Sanford Townsend Band were uh, basically a self-contained unit. We're not going to hear a lot of familiar personnel. Um, but even though they were a couple of Alabama guys, they have some strong yacht connections uh, through their songwriting. Uh, Ed Sanford co-wrote I Keep Forgetting with Michael McDonald... And No Looking Back with Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald. Uh, John Wayne Townsend co-wrote Loggins and Messina's Peacemaker, along with Sanford and Loggins. And Kenny also co-wrote a couple of these guys' album tracks. And these are a couple of Alabama guys, like J.D. said. Both of them played keyboards. They are Loggins guys. Yes. They are simpatico with Loggins. I think Loggins likes <laughs> these guys more than he likes Messina. At least he did in the late 70s. Oh, yeah, he kicked Messina to the curb. Yeah, I'm going to go hang out with Sanford Towns and Michael McDonald, you garbage yeah. people. I've got this new guy named Bob James. He can play keyboard, too. Fuck you, Messina. Yeah. I think that's yeah. how it went down. I'm sick of you guitar guys. Yeah, you handsome asshole. Hey, this was uh, Sanford and Townsend's last album. Yeah, yeah, yeah we said established that. that oh, you read that part? Mm-hmm. Third and final well. album. Oh yeah, but, but it, I, this also has their southern, it has more of a southern rock sound compared to the earlier offerings. 
Um, and they were definitely pretty much exiting the boat at this point. You're also exiting uh, band ship. Hunter, you, you have something, a note that, that's happening right about now. Oh, yeah. 240? What is this? Hear that hear? fart? What is that, farts? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's uh, about 240. Yeah, yeah that's right. Here's a little, yeah. That's what we're listening for, folks. Yeah. Yep. That deep fried after effect. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I I gotta say the horn section earlier in the song did not quite bring that southern grit that I was hoping for. Uh, I wasn't convinced at first that my standard for yachtiness was being met there, uh, which the one I brought up in episode ten, yacht rock, uh, being musically aware of the existence of black people. But the sax solo right here really picks it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really hard to live in the South and not be aware of black people. Um, I um, because they're everywhere. Because, well, that's where they were brought originally when they came over from Africa and were sold as slaves. It was kind of central to the economic uh, model of the area for a long time. And they stuck around? I would have left. A lot of them left. I was, I was reading ahead at Steve's next line, and he uh, brings up a song called Smoke from a Distant Fire. But I glanced over it and I read uh, Donkey Distance Fire, <laughs> which I think is a better title. That's, that's how you communicate with your neighbor. Yeah. The donkey distance well, fire. Yeah, you, you write a message on uh, donkey and gasoline. <laughs> you light, that <laughs> light it on, on fire, fire, smack him in the ass, he runs the message over to your neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good old donkey distance fire. Got a lot of shit done that way. Yeah. Number eight. I wish those were mixed louder. Those are really good. Yeah, they are. I wonder who did them. <laughs> we'll find out. You know, this is, uh, well, Dave Loggins. Fooling me. No, Dave Lyons. No, Loggins. I'm Dave Lyons. Oh, yeah. Hey, how are you? Uh, you can hear the, the yacht just right Wait, off the bat here. It sounded like you said the name of the song was Fooling Me, but guess what it's called? The, the Fool. The Fool in me. me. Like when you're getting done up by a fool. Yep. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yacht, yacht right off the top. And it's a great example of the horns helping instead of hurting. Yes. Good yeah, point, you, Dave. Yeah. You, can hear, you can hear a little bit of countrification in that, that, that light boogie rhythm. Uh, but Dave Loggins does not sing this like some old folky who thinks he's still gathered around the campfire. Like You can hear a lot of, a lot of smooth yachtiness in that uh, delivery of his. Yeah, that electric piano would be very hard to carry to the camp out. And to plug mm-hmm. in. Yeah. yeah, you gotta run a uh, stinger all the way back to your power source, I'll call it. I do, I do think this song would sound good with an acoustic guitar around the campfire, though. Yeah. But it's not arranged that way. They just build that shit out thick, and hence it's yacht rock. And D-Log sings with such a nice southern twang. Uh, this is a good example of southern yacht. <laughs> uh, and I got, oh, and he, like in that, that sax, sax, it helps so much. Yeah. Like. I don't like it for yacht rock, but I'm loving it here in southern southern yacht. It, it just smooths out that country sound. Yeah. So it's like it's like, uh, like back back home when Joe Bob next scrubbed that Razorback sniff liquor and Missy Crampappy busted a foot. Yeah, never will forget yeah. Missy Crampappy. Yeah, sacks and farts. Yeah, doesn't help. It doesn't hurt that he's singing about fools either. <clears throat> no. Uh, that, I say this is pretty light on the farts. With a lot of that tinkling keys, <laughs> said my wife never. But that's uh, but this does have a pretty hot thumping bass line if you really listen to it, which is kind of farty. 
Uh, and also, one might say that this 1979 album is self-titled, but uh, actually this album is it's titled David Loggins. Uh, which is not his name. Uh, his name's Dave Loggins. Oh, okay. I was confused, and I went down this rabbit hole trying to find his real name, and all I could come up with was Dave Loggins. Yeah, no, yeah, that's his real name. I see. This one's called David Loggins. What an asshole. Yeah. Different. Um, also, it's hard to find liner notes on this album. Um, yeah. And I don't know, own it, but I do know that Randy Goodrum plays keyboards somewhere on here. Nice. I did find that out. He's got a lot of crossover on a lot of these. Like, we didn't necessarily pick a bunch of Randy Goodrum songs, but we he's could've. got credits on a lot of these albums. We definitely could have. I like all your fun facts about how often it was co- covered. Will you list the covers? Because I really do find that very oh, interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this song was covered by Rita Coolidge, Kenny Rogers, Helen Schneider, who oh, I'd never heard of was a New Yorker, mm. uh, Sonny James, who's a country artist, and uh, Tyrone Davis, who's a southern soul singer. Yeah, he he had a he had a big hit with the uh, the classic "Turn Back the Hands of Time." It's really great. Yeah. So yeah, the sure point is, this that. song gets around. It gets around. I know we've talked about Dave Loggins before, but I I looked up a little bit more about him stuff that I didn't know. Uh, he wrote for Juice Newton. He wrote for Three Dog Night. And he also scored a number one country duet with Ann Murray. Mm. Uh, mm. The match made in heaven. Interested me not enough to listen to it, <laughs> but I did write it down. Uh, then I found out he wrote a song called Augusta, which is some kind of theme to the Masters Golf Sports Contest. Ooh, oh, that's and pretty I guess they play right there. The, the Dave Loggins Augusta theme. Is it? Is it it's, like, a, it's Augusta, Georgia, is where it takes place. Yes, exactly. Is it like uh, John Tesh's Round Ball Rock for the NBA? On NBC? No, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a live video of him playing it on YouTube uh, recently, and I recommend you go check it out. He looks like an older, fatter Marlon Brando, and it's directed by someone named Kyle Loggins. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't find any other credits for Kyle Loggins other than his own video editing website, splitscreenproductions.com. I'm surprised that name hadn't been taken yet. Oh yeah! All right, folks, let's just uh, put this to, put this to bed right now. Kenny Rogers is a yacht rocker. Uh, he's more than just a toe dipper. He yacht his yacht captaining spans multiple albums in the '80s. Yeah. And even though he'll always be a country guy, it's time to start really recognizing how smooth that other white beard and yacht rock really was. And this is. And this particular song is perhaps Kenny Rogers at his smoothest with Heart to Heart uh, from 1984's What About Me. Hmm. Yeah, first half of the 80s, Kenny Rogers was very, very smooth and more pop than country. Listen to this. This could be a Lionel Richie song. Like, Lionel was smooth as shit, and he liked to dip his whole ass in the country. This is Kenny doing the opposite. He may have done a song on this album. I wouldn't doubt it. Either this one yeah, or the one Yeah, those two worked before. together sometimes. Yeah, he was probably... I guarantee he was in the studio when Kenny was putting the song together, and he was like, Kenny... Sing it like this, it'll be smoother. I'm Lionel Richie. That's what he yeah, says. That's, that that's the thing about Lionel Richie. He's always telling you who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take a good listen to this song after after we were t- you listen to us talk over it. Go home, listen to it. You're probably at home anyway. It's it's so schizophrenic in the best possible way. There's tons of weird parts, and each one is like s- super smooth. And of course, oh. 
Did you hear that fart? <laughs> that was a yeah. good fart. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear those yeah. farts? Yep. Uh-huh. Heard those, synth farts. Yeah. those are the biggest farts on this the song. But despite how crazy the song is, uh, K Raj still brings the country. The chorus in this song, which you just heard, it's balls out nuts. And there's a guitar solo that's just badass, and the bridge is the most intense fucking thing I've ever heard Kenny Rogers sing. He goes off the train. All right, let's read some. Uh, let's read some names. You ready? All right, here mm-hmm. we go. All right, David Foster, mm-hmm. oh. Michael Landau, mm-hmm. Neil Steubenhaus, who, by the way, is I think might be the glue on a lot of these songs. He's in on a ton of these songs. Uh, is he a bass player? Yes. Yeah. He was the bass player for. Uh, um, uh, Nielsen Pearson. Ah, remember, remember the original name was Nielsen Pearson Steubenhaus. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that's why uh, that name rings a bell. This is a guitar solo. Serious. Okay. This is. I think that's Michael yeah. Landau from Maxis. Yep, yeah, sure. and it's it's a guitar solo over a whole bunch of farts. And uh, so, and also Richard Marks is on this, and who's who? This is getting into his Firekeeper days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And James Ingram is on the opening song. What about me? I love this album. It's got some hot yacht jams on it, and it was universally panned. As a lot of that stuff was. Uh, but it still got to number 31 on the Billboard 200 and number 9 on the country charts. It's song's number one in my heart, uh, but my heart ranks songs based on a complex algorithm of sales, blog mentions, critical syntax, uh, net clicks, and more sales. Uh, that's pretty complicated. Um, no wonder Mariah Carey ends up at number one. All the time. Uh, I chose this song because it's down and dirty southern yacht. Yeah, they, there's, there's a definite stank on that groove underneath this song. Like that, the rhythm guitar really funks up the smoothness. It gives it a nice little bite, like the savory citrus marinade on a really good rotisserie chicken, Mm-mm. like Kenny Log or <laughs> sorry, Kenny Rogers likes to make. And there, there, there's, there's a little bit of sultry synth in there, like the, the, the little whisper of the '80s Michelob commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice little, it's a, it's a nice little stylistic hybrid. It's got a lot of different flavors in there, and they all add up to something uh, very, very nice. Dare I say it's a hot, bubbly gumbo like Gator Gus used to make back in in Skinkletown. <laughs> it's worse when I don't write them down first. <laughs> Skinkletown is good. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd stick with Skinkletown. Hey, we're, we're put a pin in all these because okay. we got some nicknames we need. Oh, coming okay, up. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'd also like to point out that Kenny Rogers had the good taste to name this song after a Kenny Loggins classic, yeah. much yeah. as Jim Photoglow did with his undeniable yacht song "Steal Away." <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and Photoglow definitely has some, uh, some maybe some country yacht, some uh, he definitely some has some yacht country. Yeah. Uh, I just want, I just want, I just want to just give a little biography of of Kenneth. Ah, Kenneth Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the first. Yeah, he's well known for being a country musician mm-hmm. and for having awesome chicken. Kenny Rogers Roasters. Uh, he was from Texas and first was known for his work in the psychedelic country rock band First Edition, yeah. which some might say is proto-Southern rock. Hey, I just checked in to see what condition uh, my condition was in, and that condition was smooth. Yeah. 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 And then he became an extremely mainstream country music artist with a great beard and, of course, perfected the art of acting with the movie Six Pack. Untouchable. God, it's a good movie. Him and a young, uh, not Deborah Messing, who married uh, Josh Brolin? Probably Deborah Messing. No, it was uh, Debbie Page. What, what the hell Debbie Page. That's who it was. <laughs> That's who it was. <laughs> Damn it. Who was it? She was in uh, Secretariat. I have I have a set of her bowls left. Nah, I'm, I'm brain farting on her too. She's from Streets of Fire. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna wait for him to. And I think wasn't Anthony Diane Lane Lane. 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 
And was Anthony Michael Hall in Six Pack? Wait, who else? Name some more people. Uh, Rod Temperton. He was in there. Yeah, he was in there. Uh, Bob Crane. Yep. All right. All right. Named them all. Got them all. You stinkers done with this one? I think so. Okay. Seems like they're getting quieter. Well, give them a little, give them a little pepper on the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they all. Uh, I mean, you turn your headphones the, up. The, the wink wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, 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 <laughs> all right, put a pin in that one. We got some nicknames coming up. Okay. <laughs> hey, I can't use wink wiggle now. Steve, what's the number six? Why here at number six, it's England Dan and John Ford <laughs> Coley with caught up in the middle. What more yacht rockers finding their way to the boat in the yacht rock era? That was some good foreshadowing earlier, because here it is right now. Uh, we've talked about these guys' signature hit. I'd really love to see you tonight on a couple of occasions now, uh, but here's where they really come on board the ship. Um, this is a track from 1979's Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive. Yeah. Such a good title. That is a fucking title yeah. right there. You know what? I, 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 I just want to say, I don't like saying England Dan and John Ford Coley. It's dumb. Why can't they have a normal name? <laughs> like Dr. Dan Heckle and John. And Dr. John. Yeah, I, I, that's my point. I would much rather call them Dr. <laughs> Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive. Which might as well be a black exploitation title. Yeah, it almost was. Yeah. Uh, but I can we come up with, with a different name for England Dan and John Ford Coley? Because if they're going to come up again, I don't want to say their whole fucking name. What about Ed e- and JFC? How about ED and JFC? E- That'd be erectile dysfunction and Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> or just uh, say it out. Just they usually out. go together. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> erectile dysfunction and Jesus fucking Christ. We'll say mm-hmm. it out. I think it's the same number. It might be fewer syllables. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't count them. More fun to say. Fun facts, guys. You have any? Uh, this was their. This is Doctor Heckle and Mister Jive was their next to last album together. Um, they're they're trying some new things here. They're trying to freshen up the sound, get on board the boat, uh, and they uh, they got some SoCal session favorites uh, in the studio on this one. They got Michael Boddicker, Steve Lukather, Greg Fillingains, Jeff and Steve Percaro, yeah. Lee Rittenauer, names, Jai Winding, Wawa Watson. Uh, Richie Zito and Joey Carboni. Hey, Joey Carboni! Bill Payne, who pops up on a lot of these sessions of of Southern Yacht Sessions. Uh, They got some sax by Ernie Watts. He says saxophone smoothing out the Southern Rock again. Sax by Ernie Watts is great, by the way. I I love how. um, Yeah, there he is right there. Listen. Oh, that's guitar. But I love how sultry this song is. I couldn't hear it very well. It's okay. It's usually it sounded like, sweet. I thought it was hit. It's that's, usually, that's Luke. Like usually for me, sultry and yacht yeah, don't mix, wow. but in Southern Yacht, it happens more often because shit is filthy and sweaty and dangerous down there in America's taint. Like mama may pour you a mint julep on the old porch swing, but that don't cool down your Levi Wiggler when Sally Titty Face comes noodling down the dirt road. It's I lost my virginity to Sally Titty Face. Like yeah, we and, all did. And she doodled down his dirt road. <laughs> <laughs> There's, the, there's not a lot of farts on this. Um, it took a lot of searching, but I think I heard some in the jazz breaks. It's mostly just the bass. I'm sure Lukather was farting when he was laying out that solo. 
I mean, Steve, we know how Steve Lukather does it. He eats a, a huge can of beans two hours before his guitar solo, so he has energy. But then when he's when he's guitar soloing and he's getting all tight in the guts, it's just the farts just flow out of yeah. his butt. Didn't he write that song with uh, with Jay Graydon? Yeah. So he, he, so he was farting and he was pooping. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. Makes sense now. It all comes together. <laughs> hey guys, I, I want to point out I checked uh, some facts. No, you didn't. Anthony Michael Hall was indeed in Six Pack. He played the character Doc. Ah. I like his. Great. I like your post. Your post fact checking. Yeah. Hey, how's our? Do we have do I, should I should I talk about this album a little bit? Yes. Give people, yeah. Give people a little flavor. Uh, okay, so the big hit from this album was a cover of Todd Rundgren and Utopia's "Love Is the Answer." That was a. Uh, Erectile Dysfunction and Jesus Fucking Christ's third and final <laughs> top ten pop hit. Fourth and final number one on the adult contemporary chart. They've also got a Randy Goodrum song here called Broken Hearted Me, which later became a hit for Anne Murray. And there was another Again. future cover hit. Yeah. Uh, so much Anne Murray uh, asides. Man, I, I guess we should have dug into her more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's another like future to, I'd cover. I'd like to dig into her if you <laughs> know what I mean. we all? Yeah, man. Uh, there's another future cover called What's Forever For that was done by Michael Martin Burphy of Wildfire fame. Apparently somebody somewhere said, you know, I bet there's a shit ton of hidden gems to be mined from the album Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive by England Dan and John Ford Coley. Let's send some African children down there to retrieve those hidden gems for us. That's Wait. how record company executives work. Oh, they send, they send African children over? Yeah, to find the hidden gems. In albums? To be mined, yeah. Oh, like Blood Diamonds. Yeah, like Blood Diamonds. Except they just have to listen to records, so it's not a bad deal. Yeah, but they don't have to pay them. That's the important part of capitalism, is not paying your workers. Wait, you're describing what we do for the show, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Steve, I just looked up Anne Murray Nude uh, oh, he's... on uh, the internet. Yeah? And it's it's just about the worst celebrity nude fake I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. That's not Anne Murray. She would never no. pose like that. No. no. Hey Dave, do you want to clap? I got these. It's uh, the weirdest thing these, that anybody's done in this fake Anne Murray titty shots coming up here. Uh, there's that other Anne, Anne Hathaway. This is what, this is why his facts are always wrong. See, he checks one fact, and then he goes straight for the, for the fake nude photos. Yeah, and I can confirm, Diane Lane and Anthony Michael Hall. And we wake up at dawn to clandestinely witness the sacred dance of the gopher. God, I love that. Love Ca that part. Caddy shake! A caddy, if you don't know, is a fella who carries around your golf clubs at the golf course. Yes. Like in Augusta. Yes. But he also has a consultor consultory duty. Consultory? Consultory. 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 That's the pronunciation I was, I was hunting for. He also has a consultory. <laughs> Fuck, I still have it. He's no, got a duty. He's got a duty. You'll get there. To help you choose the proper club for your forthcoming shot. It's an incredible luxury for a snobby golfer. Now, the shack is the place where caddies hang out and wait for assignments. It's a wild and wacky place populated by slobs where rules are not taken seriously and the legal tender is fun. 
Now, not a lot of action in the movie takes place in the actual Caddyshack, which brings me to the assumption that the movie supposed the entire world is a Caddyshack. And Michael O'Keefe's star would never stop rising. That's right. Now, this film also stars Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Ted Knight, Rodney Dangerfield, and, of course, Michael fucking O'Keefe. So good. He plays Danny, a blue-collar caddy, just trying to make it in this unjust world we call a Caddyshack. <laughs> oh, JD's proud of me. himself again. I got me. Uh, it, it's the first movie I ever saw that had sex scenes, although my parents fast-forwarded through them so I wouldn't find out for several years about Lacey Underall's boobies played by the great Cindy Morgan's breasts. This was directed by Harold Ramis, and if you ever get a chance to read an interview or see a documentary about the making of Caddyshack, it sounds like it was the most fun ever. Just hilarious young people stuck together on a golf course in Boca Raton, Florida for the summer. Nothing but laughs and loves, mugs, drugs, and hugs. One of the, uh... It's also kind of infuriating. Sorry, Dave. I just... I'm just... Because it sounds like they were just down there to have a good time, and yeah. they came up with, with one of the greatest great fucking comedy movie. films of yeah. all time. It holds up really, really it well. It does. It really does. One of the I don't remember who was the writer or the executive producer, but one of the main guys behind the scenes. Uh, like if you read the behind the scenes facts, he was drunk, showing up drunk all the time. And three years later, he got so drunk he fell off a cliff and died. <laughs> Back yeah, to the shack. Caddyshack. <laughs> no one's got you better than that. Okay. Um. So as the movie begins, you see damage being caused by what is evidently a rapscallion of a gopher. Then finally, the guy pops up, and you get the first notes of this song. Kenny's really all right. And he dances a hilarious dance. This is Kenny Loggins' first soundtrack song. He'd have one or two more. I can't think of any off the top of my head. No, I can't. Nope. And, and we covered the true story of the creation of this song in the Yacht Rock web show, so I won't tread well-known ground. Right. But here's a fun fact. Yeah. And I think I knew this once, but then forgot, and now I remember it again. No, yeah. Uh, the guy in the bridge who goes, No, now, hit it for a runaway. It sounds so much like Eddie Money, right? Yeah. It's Eddie Money. It's him. What? That makes sense. And listen, this is a great song. It's a classic, and I love it. This piece of shit, Eddie Money, goes on a radio interview show. It says, I'm not a fan of Kenny Loggins, uh, to tell you the truth. I sang the bridge in that. Here he, there he is. You know, we're label mates, you know. Fuck you, Eddie Money. You're a part of a special classic, and you should be grateful. Is this song Yacht? I'm not, honestly, I'm not so sure. Is this song Southern? I'm confident. It sounds like a rootin' tootin' hootin' Annie. I mean, pay attention to the magistrate? That's practically Alabama's state motto. Mm-hmm. Where? Where was the Caddyshack? I, I'm forgetting right now. It's the world. Uh, remember when uh, Michael O'Keefe's character, Danny Noonan, was working behind the grate, and then the tough guy, <coughs> uh, Denunzio? Denunzio, yeah. I was like, oh, I am paying no 50 cents for no Coca-Cola. He's like, sorry, jerk. It was Brian Doyle Murray's domain. He was the boss in, in the Caddyshack, and he'd give them, okay, you're, you no, got the judge that's today, That's the Danny. state? What's that sign say? Well, oh, the magistrate. No gum no, chewing. I said, what what's that sign say? Oh, what state? I said, what state is the Caddyshack in? Well, they shot it in Boca Raton, Florida. I was, okay, yeah. so Florida. I was what? That's I don't know where you, I didn't know where you were going, Dave. I thought you wanted to know physically where the Caddyshack was in the movie. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was quoting lines that took place <laughs> no, I know where that. in and around the Caddyshack. Uh. Whoa! Let's plug. 
OSHA City Defender. I'll read, I'll read this first part. <laughs> the bumpers? Please do. Because uh, you got to think of some uh, some good down-home southern nicknames yeah. coming I got, up here. I got something to plug, too. Okay. Uh, well, how about this? Mm-hmm. Bumpers first. Today. Yes. Sent yes. in by Trevor Wogan. Wogan! Uh, I hope. Wogan? Wogan. Should we give him a nickname? Wogan like Logan. Uh, find find the hot Trev at, at Trevor Wogan. Also, you can, also you can, and a big shout. What? Oh, a uh, big shout. And out. a big shout out to his pal Evan for convincing Trev McBev to make them. To make these bumpers. He's uh, he is Kenny Loggins to forever Trevor's Michael McDonald. That's the last time I read everything you read. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I fooled you. Uh, Three dimensional chess. Wow. Um, Wait, three-dimensional chess? Yeah, that's not just, too many dimensions. That's, that's just chess. <laughs> no, chess goes on one dimension. It just it's flat. Oh, yeah, I the see. pieces are the, uh, <laughs> the, the board is two dimensions. The right. pieces are three. Or the third. He's he's just playing, forgot to delete stuff while he was writing. He's playing chess. <laughs> hey, right. th- thank you, Trev McBev. Thanks to our Patreons contributing at the level in which uh, you get a shout out. For example, we have Heaven Hark the Herald. <laughs> yeah, that's Jeff Shitty Brown. Oh, I was gonna say Flush It Brown. Oh, that's a like... better one. <laughs> shitty. I like Shitty though. I would stick with Shitty. Uh, John Rachel Weiss. That's lazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these are all pretty lazy. Well, How about Carmine Light Chianti Sarno? I like that one. That one's better. How about Adam Interior Lux? Oh, that's a good one. No, oh, this guy's so cool. What? How about uh, Dave loves Kelly? How about that one? Huh? Yeah, that's yeah, that thing. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Wasn't didn't Dave Kelly? Uh, isn't he a producer or like uh, David E. Kelly? Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. E. <laughs> <laughs> that's your fucking nickname. Yeah, you made, you you made, made E. You made Ali McBeal, you piece of shit. Yeah, Get the fuck, fuck out of here. <laughs> e. Um, Alex. Alex Jello Pudding Pop Grosby. Ooh, I like it. Kodak would have also worked. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Rufy. Yeah, that would Spanish yep. Fly. Oh, it should be Spanish Fly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be Alex Spanish Gry Grosby. We're changing letters. Spanish Gry. I was trying to work no? Michael Gross in there somewhere, the dad from Family Ties, but I just don't think it fits. Hunter, we need a tiebreaker. What's his, what's my... Wait, what's what are my choices? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what my choice is. Next time I'm writing these down before I get in here like I usually do. <laughs> hey, thanks, patrons. Yeah. Uh, I got something I want to plug. Oh. April 7th in Highland Park at the Offbeat. A uh, big musical event going down, 8 p.m. It's free. It's called Bring Your Own Tribute Band. Don't bring your own tribute band because we've already brought our own tribute bands. They're booked already. Yeah, you can see my friends and I perform in such bands as Fat Lizzie, a tribute to Thin Lizzie, and whatever we call the Screeching Weasel tribute group. It's going to be great. It's free. 8 p.m. Highland Park, April 7th. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Ocean City Defender, ladies and gentlemen. Making bumpers and beds. He doesn't make music? Oh, wait. <laughs> Not the song. Number five. Mm, bumper. He doesn't make music. He makes bumpers, like, for cars and beds you can sleep on. Yeah. Bumpers and beds, like a race car bed. Yeah. Wow. He makes race car beds. Oh, I want one of those so bad. Hey, song number five, Dolly Parton. 
Hey, same wow. old fool. Dolly hey. Parton on the boat. Dolly Parton? Yeah. Hey. With another song about fools, guys. I'm starting to sense a theme. What's the theme? Fools. So- oh, I thought you were going to say Southern Southern Yacht. Oh, Southern no. Fools. Yeah. So, uh, I, me, J.D. Riznar, I was listening uh, to this and I was thinking like, hey, this sounds like it's in the crossfire, you know? Christopher, but, but like, this is 1980 and Christopher Cross wasn't invented for another year. And then I looked at a few of the liner notes, uh, and then a boom, a Michael Omardian, Christopher Cross's producer, who created the Crossfire sound, and he, he arranged this song. He was the arranger. This ear that I'm developing is stupid. Sure is. You know, you know what? I, I, you're right. Uh, I, I think from for now on, when we when we refer to the Crossfire, mm-hmm. we should describe it as being caught in the Crossfire. Oh yeah. And I and I definitely hear Dolly was caught in the Crossfire on this. Mm-hmm. It was just embers in Michael O'Mardian's mind. It hadn't inflamed with the Christopher Cross's debut album, but it was happening. And yeah, and this is a little bit more stankalicious, the groove here, than you would normally, like, that you would hear, than you would hear yeah. on a Christopher Cross album. This is, this is like 50% farts. If you listen to this, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's got a great bounce. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's, it's not the kind of thing you expect to hear Dolly Parton singing over. No, it's... Uh, it, like I know she did the soundtrack to 9 to 5 and she's probably done other uh, rhinestone cowboy type stuff poppy stuff but this sounds like a mix between a Broadway song or like the closing credits of an early 80s romantic comedy yeah like when somebody's gotten his way and he's with his uh, lover skipping through the park or driving the convertible this is the song you hear walking down 5th Avenue oh good avenue yeah it's in my top 5 I, and for me, like we talk about these these singers like Neil Diamond, who kind of almost have too much personality, who sound too much like themselves to to get on the boat. But in this case, like I don't hear I don't hear Dolly Parton and, and think, oh, that takes me out of it. Partly because Dolly Parton is an extremely talented individual, and partly like, she, like you were saying, nine to five, she can handle non-country material just fine. And this was like the the early '80s was the biggest period of her pop crossover uh, era. Yeah. I mean, this song just doesn't sound like a country song to me at all. But it's Dolly Parton, and the way she sings gives it enough country cred to make it Southern Yacht. Yeah, exactly. Opinion. Well, I also think this was the big time for country crossover. Yeah, yeah, early 80s with the whole urban cowboy exactly. phenomenon, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and we talk about the distinctive voices. Like, this is such a solid Yacht Rock groove. Even if, like, Billy Joel sang over this song, it would be a Yacht Rock song. Mm-hmm. James Taylor, all these guys that we say are too distinctive to be yacht rock. Tom Waits, yeah. They haven't had. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's here's a fun fact that I just found out. Um, I'll share this. This, by the way, uh, did oh. anybody say that this was a uh, Dolly from Dolly Dolly Dolly? It was from Dolly. Oh, nobody Dolly, said Dolly, that uh, yeah. from 1980. Mm-hmm. We said in 1980. JD did. Okay, did. thank yeah. you, thank mm-hmm. you, JD. You're welcome. Here's something I just found out about Dolly Parton that blew my mind. A few things. First, I found out Dolly Parton is married. Which I didn't know until yep. very recently. Happily. She's married to a guy named Carl Dean, a retired asphalt company owner. Mm-hmm. She's been married to him since 1966. Holy shit. Dolly's legal name is Dolly Parton Dean. That's how she signs her checks. And I don't know why that's so crazy, but I guess she's such a legend. And the fact that she just married to a regular old dude kind of blows my mind. Wow. I have a fun fact about Dolly Parton. Yeah? One of the few people to be on the cover of Playboy that did not appear nude inside. And to me, this is just the greatest joke uh, Playboy ever played on America, is getting a woman who's known for her 
ample chest beefers on the cover of a nudie magazine. And all these dudes just want to see her mommy parts. They buy the Playboy, take it home. Just a classy lady, clothed the entire time. Mm. There is a surprisingly creepy guy in a bunny suit behind her. She never shows her junk. Uh, give me a boner. Yeah. Hey, did, did, did anybody mention how many uh, songs about fools are on this album, Dolly, Dolly, Dolly? There's another one. Uh, Michael, There's Michael, three. Oh, really? Michael this one. wrote one of them. Yeah. Uh, there is the same old fool. There's Fool for Your Love by Leo Sayer and Michael O'Marion. And then there's Even a Fool Would Let Go, Even a Fool Would Let Go by uh, T. Snow. I can't remember his first name, but I know he has uh, yacht connections. But Carrie Chater. Remember him? Oh, yeah. As of of right now, he's essential yacht. Uh Until we re-yachtski his song. Oh. All right. This is Southern Yacht at some of its filthiest. The sound is just dirty, 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 dirty. It's dialed yeah. down on this yeah. one. I'm hearing a pattern with the Southern Yacht where the compositions can be pretty similar to classic Southern California Yacht, but the musicians play and then put a real heavy dose of stank on the grooves underneath. Like mm-hmm. It's like being on a boat where nobody's pumped out the bilge water in a while. <laughs> yeah. Them's the farts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Them's the farts. This this song. No, oh, this is Greg Allman, the Greg Allman band, Crying Shame. Oh yeah. Uh, the, oh, this song has a real popping, almost funk bass. Not sure if I can call that a fart, but it's definitely stanky. Whatever it is, it's stanky. It's bilge water. Bilge water. Yeah. So this is uh, this is Greg Allman. <laughs> He's tall, blonde, and manly. Made him the perfect rebound lover for Cher. He's kind of the polar opposite of, of her former lover, Sonny Bono. Yeah, he's probably a good skier, too. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Dave. Too soon. Sonny Bono buried right next door to Frank Sinatra. Right next door. Yeah. They're buried in houses. Yeah, they uh, they kick it. They're kicking it over in uh, Palm Desert or uh, Crystal Springs these days. Some town. I, I don't know. Um, so you, listen, this this got past me for a while, Did but it? I finally read this and it, it sunk in. This is not the Allman Brothers Band. This is the Greg Allman Band. And if I were an Allman, I'd be pissed. He's fooling everyone. Everybody thinks they're buying an Allman Brothers Band album. And everybody knows the star of the Allman Brothers was bassist Barry Oakley. Doesn't even get to use the name that's when he has the solo. That's a good Almond Brothers joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Might be the first Almond Brothers joke. <laughs> oh, some people say the Almond Brothers was the first Almond Brothers joke. Um, so, Crying Shame is off Greg's uh, the Greg Almond Band's third album, 1977's Playing Up a Storm. Third album. Third. Third. It's got Victor Feldman, Poppy Page, that's Marty Page. Got Dr. John, who's a possible yachter that we've never explored. He plays piano as Mac Rebinek. That's his real name. Ah, his credit really? is Mac Reg- Rebinek on here. Yeah. Uh, and then a bona fide yacht rocker Neil Larson's on this shit, too. I uh, I looked at the album, and uh, Neil Larson, from, obviously from Larson Feetin, uh, was listed as being in the Greg Allman band on the sleeve. Um, not just the session guy. Um, I don't know. I think maybe it was just for this for this one. But uh, that Neil Larson's on a lot of these songs. These southern Southern yacht songs. It was was it Larson Feet and Steubenhaus or was it a different combination? No, Steubenhaus. It was, it was uh, uh, Nielsen Pearson Steubenhaus. <laughs> okay, okay. 
But it seems like it was but also very often Larson, Larson, Stu- Larson the Stupid House could have yeah. had a great... I think they both play bass, though, don't they? I don't know. It doesn't matter. You can have two people play bass. Yeah. yeah. Like that, with the I've heard of a double bass. Yeah. Like, that, like that band in Cello Flea? Yeah. That band? Yeah, it's yeah. a good band. Stupid House, Stupid House, and Page. I'd listen to them. Um... But, Go ahead, Steve. Steve has some fun facts. Uh, I was just going to talk about how uh, this, the jazziness of this song. Like the Allman Brothers had always had a stronger facility for jazz than a lot of their southern rock contemporaries. And you usually, you'll need a little bit of that feel to sound like you belong on the boat, at least, usually. Uh, and the Allman Brothers have played a lot of jazz festivals later in their career. Uh, Frank Zappa used to cover Whipping Post live in concert during the 80s with his jazz rock ensembles. I love that, that song, Whip and Post. Um, it's written in 11-4 time, fun fact. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's not fun. That's just obnoxious. <laughs> I'm, now my brain's going crazy trying to think about that's why, what that's why, it, that's why it was complicated in Frank's... Like, it was complicated enough for Frank Zappa to like it. Um, so some of these southern rock bands, like actually all of them, they demonstrate like a fuck ton of soul balls. You know what I mean? Like really good soul in these southern rock performances. Like they kind of they kind of grew up with it more. Like they did it's, it's in their bones. Yeah, even like Molly Hatchet like has a lot of soul. You wouldn't think it cuz they're such hillbillies. But like the blues were everywhere in the south. They influenced the Chitlin Mittens out of these good old boys. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I like these bumpers. <laughs> yeah, I do too. You know, there's a lot of southern parts of Michigan. <coughs> Those, that's called the Chitlin Mittens. The Chitlin Mittens? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Cal- All right. Kalamazoo. Like Charlotte. Wyandotte. Charlotte's kind of in the middle. Yeah, Charlotte's halfway. Uh, that's almost up in Lansing. Wait. I'm just saying that the... Never mind. It's between Jackson and Yeah, Lansing. I know where it is. Off of uh, I-96. Coldwater. Is a southern, is a Michigan Chitlin town. Uh, Romeo, Saint, where Saint, Kid Rock is from. Saint Joe, Benton Harbor. Stop! All right, we're Sinbad. Are we gonna talk about this fucking song, or are we gonna list towns, towns from Michigan? Muskegon, Down River, Big Rapids, Mount Pleasant, Saint Ignace, Kalkaska, Mackinac City, Redford, Mackinac Island, Gaylord. Or Gaylor. Sault Ste. Marie. Drummond Flint. Island. Iron Mountain. Did somebody Col- say Saginaw? Claire. Swartz Creek. Detroit. Steve Cropper with Fly at number three. <laughs> of course, Steve Cropper is best known as a guitarist from Booker T and the MGs. Duh. Doubled as the house band for Stax Volt, Soul Labels, in Memphis. Listen to this chorus. Oh, and it was over. <laughs> uh, I like can, the chorus. You're going to hear Steve Cropper all over legendary Southern Soul records by Sam and Dave, Otis Redding, many, many others. He also played with the Blues Brothers around the time of this, which was his first solo album in more than a decade. It was titled Playin' My Thang. Yes, it was. Um, David Page has quite a lot to do with this album, as does Neil Steubenhaus and Jerry. Hey, hey, hey. But not on this song. 
but their yacht influence spilled all over the album. And this is a fun fact: Bobby Kimball sings background vocals on this song. Bobby Kimball of the Toto Singer. Mm-hmm. He also probably fucked the piano. Yeah, yeah. that's what he does. And, and they, you kind of need a background vocalist because Steve Cropper is never exactly known for his vocal work. Yeah, and uh, Steve Cropper also never fucks the piano, so they brought in uh, you old uh, Bobby Kimball, yeah. two birds with one stone. Yeah, What's you need with, somebody to fuck the piano. What's wrong with this piano? Nobody's fucked it. Yeah. Call Kimball. <laughs> you gotta get some stank in that piano somehow. Uh, uh, by the way, guys, in Southern Yacht, it's Piani. You're right. Mm. No, you're not. Piani fucker Kimball. Uh, Steve Cropper's singing style. Uh, I, I, looked, I found one of the only reviews of this album available online. It's from the Stanford Daily. The headline is "Singing Ain't Steve Cropper's Thing." <laughs> uh, Wait, Stanford where? I assume Stanford University. Okay. I, I did just a college paper review from 1981. Uh, it says, "Oh, because the album's called Playing My Thing." Yeah, yeah Playing My Thing. It wasn't some random wow. guy in, in, in Stanford. In, in Stanford really took the piss out of old Steve Cropper. <laughs> That's some random guy in the San Francisco Bay going like, "I'm gonna put Thing in my title." That's like Joe Stanford's uh, local uh, zine. <laughs> but yeah, Cropper in the article they said Cropper said he hasn't seriously sung since high school. And they describe his baritone as woeful. <clears throat> uh, yeah, Steve. Steve definitely had a uh, touch of the yachts here. Uh, <laughs> touch of the yachts. Yeah. <laughs> this is released. Uh, uh, in, yeah. <laughs> this was released in 1981. Um, his previously his previous solo album was 1969. So by my math, that's like at least five years. Right? At least. So, so a long time. Uh, so definitely something grabbed him. And something poked him. It was the yachts. Somebody uh, grabbed his thang yeah. and started playing it. Uh, around this time, he was uh, sessioning for guys like Sanford Townsend, Stephen Bishop, and he was on the Manhattan Transfer, uh, that Bonanza Yacht Rock album. Yeah, we got to dig deeper into that one. Um, so I'm going to ask a hard-hitting journalist question here. All right. I'm listening to this song. You know, it, it doesn't strike me as very Southern. You know, I understand Cropper's a Missouri guy, so maybe we can give him credit for that. But but is there, so, is there some Southernness that I'm not hearing here? It's more in his. It's more in like his musical background, I guess. In in his past, like he's a quintessential southern soul guy. You wouldn't say that 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 sax has a little uh, southern R and B in it. And well, it certainly fits in the in the in the southern yacht genre that we've established. The and, sax is yeah. an important me, instrument in southern yacht. And, and to me, when you're playing, when you got a piano like this in your mm-hmm. song, mm-hmm. that's going to be a little southern piano and a guitar. And are there some? Uh, do I hear some uh, synthy butt farts? Here's that chorus that like fly. Nice. I have to listen to this a little. This, this, this yeah. butt farts are a little low on this one. Yeah, yeah. low on low on the butt farts. That's probably your issue. I recommend looking at the album cover because uh, the picture of Steve Cropper uh, makes him look like a long-haired, bearded hipster, thirty years ahead of his time. And he's actually shoving a corn cob all the way up his ass, which kind of does make it southern. Oh, listen to that Bilgewater groove yeah. starting us off here. <laughs> this song is all farts. I really like this Bilgewater description you've stumbled upon. <laughs> you're listening to this, and you're like, this is such a southern rock song, right? Am I right? Yeah, no, it sounds like a southern rock song. 
Like, you're thinking, this isn't Southern Yacht at all. It sounds like the filthiest Molly Hatchet song ever to come out of the swamp. Oh, what is it? This is called Little Feet. Red Streamliner. <laughs> Red Streamliner, right, Little Feet. Streamliner. Right, whatever. Here's what counts. Here's what matters. Not Big the title, old but this. this. Listen. That's Michael McDonald's voice. That's the one instrument that's more important than electric piano or percussion or anything in Yacht Rock. The fact that Michael McDonald's voice could turn this song, this filthy, farty southern rock song, into, into Yacht Rock, that's a powerful tool to pull out. Patrick Simmons of the Dubes also sings background vocals on this track, helping it give that southern doobie sound. Because, of course, Patrick in the Dubes during their Absolutely. most southern rock era. Um, this is from the 1977 album, Time Loves a Hero. So this is early in, so, in Yacht Somebody Rock. just tweeted me about this. Like, yeah. hey, you guys should look into this album. And I said, no. Yeah. I've been sitting on this, waiting for the Southern Yacht. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to throw this them off the trail this sometimes. This one's mine. Wait, you I'm, can't find it before I do. Wait, no, you can't find it before we talk about it. Yeah. It was the Modern Folk at the Modern Folk. He made some bumpers for us. So I wanted yeah, to we like out. that guy. Yeah. Um... Uh, okay, good, good bumpers. So it's from '77. It's very early, so it's not the yachtiest thing on the planet, but the elements are all there, especially for a southern rock jam. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about Little Feet because they're a really interesting band. Uh, they were formed by uh, slide guitar specialist Lowell George, who used to play with Frank Zappa back in the early '70s, uh, and also then LA-based keyboardist Bill Payne. Uh, who pops up on a lot of these Southern Yacht sessions. Um, Little Feet always had kind of a, a, a little bit of an eccentric streak, given that Zappa background, and they were always uh, more difficult to pigeonhole musically than most of the rootsy Southern-type rock bands. Uh, and this album, this this was late in their career. This, this was sort of a battle between George and Payne over the direction of the group. Uh, Bill Payne and the, uh, the band's other singer-guitarist, Paul Barrere, they wanted to go more in this jazzy, fusion-y, southern yacht direction. Uh, and Lowell George did not. Fuck him! So he didn't write nearly as much for this record. And it's like, like the band is sort of losing his personality. Uh, but to be fair, he was also a heavy drinker and drug user, and he died two years after this. Kind of like when you start taking the podcast in an all-giant paragraphs direction, and the rest of us stop contributing altogether. Would... It's, it's also when nobody is writing anything, so I feel obligated to fill it up oh, more. I'm not... Listen, th- you helped me out big time on this one, but I'm not talking about this. Just talk, in general, the direction that Steve... That you would take the podcast where you would get a big head, you'd say, oh, all giant paragraphs. You guys are coming along for the ride, and then we just stop, just like this guy did. <clears throat> yeah. We, we just stop contributing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, give it to him, J.D. Well, yeah. I'll stop talking. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I I'm not criticizing you for this one. <laughs> Steve, Steve, I'm not criticizing you for this. I'm, I was making a joke about your persona for the podcast. Not this particular thing. It was it was concise and wonderful. It had lots of information. Yeah. Steve. Hit him again, JD. Steve, I would like to add to like what you just talked about. JD, leave him alone. I like his replacement. Stan, JD, shirt. leave him alone. I want to talk to him about something. I want to talk to him about Bill Payne, who Please he brought do. up. I'd like to hear more about Bill Payne. Uh, he's definitely, as you said, he was on a, a lot of this stuff. He's definitely the yachtiest guy in the band. He worked with Sanford Townsend, Chunky, Novi, and Ernie. Oh! He worked with the Doobies, obviously, Stephen Bishop, and the Pointer Sisters. Uh, and as we have talked about to do he, today, he was on two things, including uh, 
Um, before this, the Greg, he was on Greg Allman's song, and uh, England Coley, what are we calling them? Erectile Dysfunction and Jesus, Jesus Fucking, fucking Christ. Christ. <laughs> Alright, that's so much easier. It really fixes that issue. I got a fun fact about this album, can I say it? Of course. This album also features Jeff Skunk Baxter on the Dobro. See? Nice that, and, nice that and was, concise. That was fun. Oh, it's a good. This is a perfect one for this one. Yeah. It's number one. Why I say that? This guy played on that song. What? Yeah. Uh, what's this called? I'll tell you in a second. I first I want to say how great this album is. What 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 is the it? album? You're gonna find out in a second. This is what made me push into the world of Southern Yacht. There are on this album there are super smooth Southern rock bands. Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, fuck it. I fucked up. Anyways, this is Max Grodenthal <laughs> with yeah. you. Me? No. The song's called You. Oh. Uh, so there's some super smooth southern rock bands, like the like I spoke about earlier, the Atlanta Rhythm Section, 38 Special. And I was bound and determined to connect them somehow to Yacht Rock. I couldn't really do it, but I did come across some names that had some in interesting connections. And this was the biggest and best in my mind. This, As I said, this is Max Gronenthal, and this is from his amazing 1979 album, Whistling in the Dark. Uh, which is extremely difficult to find. It, I don't think it was ever put onto CD or cassette or anything, only vinyl. And if you can find it, pick it up, as it's also not on Spotify. Yeah, this is a great find. I'd never heard of this guy. There's not a lot of info out there about him. It's because he's like, a man of many names. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's 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 the problem. Tell me Max. more. Tell me more about his many aliases. So this. So, so we'll start from the beginning. Uh, Max Gronenthal was born in Nebraska. He loved R and B and played the sax, Hammond B three, and yes. sang. Uh, he probably did more than that. I but I couldn't, couldn't yeah. confirm it. Uh, he hooked up with Tommy Bolin, um, who would later go on to play with Deep Purple. Um, they either moved out to Denver or met in Denver and they both played in a jazz fusion group. Uh, he then went to Oklahoma to work on his piano and songwriting skills. Um, in 1979, he completed his first solo album, this one, Whistling in the Dark. Uh, and, on, and on this album, he would get two guys named Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald to appear. Uh, in fact, this song, You, was co-written by McDonald and features him and fellow doobie Patrick Simmons on background vocals. They both sang background vocals on the last song, too. That's amazing. Wow. Package deal that we don't wow. hear about very often. I guess if Michael McDonald's going to sing background vocals on a southern rock song, he brings Patrick Simmons over. This is more your thing, Patrick. They want me, but it's more your thing. Yeah, well, maybe it was like his buffer, so he wouldn't like embarrass himself with this. Maybe Patrick Simmons knew the Southern slang like oh, you yeah, do. He could go and he brings him along like the, the almost like a translator, like yeah. the, the 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 toothless cousin fucker that he was. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what these guys are saying, Patrick. You got to come and talk about chitlins and dirt paths and Cindy titty fucker. <laughs> Sally Titty Face. Oh, yeah. I no, I no, you I you haven't met Cindy Titty Fucker. <laughs> no, I haven't. I guess. Uh, um, so, She's something. 
So Max Gronenthal would go on to make appearances on Loggins' High Adventure and Nightwatch albums. He was also on Airplay's Nothing You Can Do About It. Um, he then changed his name to Max Carl. Max Carl. Which you'll mostly find him under. And uh, he would take over 38 Special in 1985, giving them a very smooth post-Southern yacht sound, including their number one hit, Second Chance. It's a good song. Yeah, I, I remember that song from American Top 40 back in the day. I had no idea about any part of its background at all. So really, Max Gronenthal is like the Bill Champlin of 38 Special, he is where he comes in and makes them a, a better adult contemporary band. A- absolutely. He is the Southern champ. Um, okay. I, I, I made a comment about I don't hear the Southern in this, but I heard it in, in the song. It's a, it's <laughs> Wait, tell us sing- what you heard. Well, I heard like... Like he sings it like a like a southern rock song. It's sort of got a slow cadence and like a like a thing. And then he's also from Nebraska, so yeah. <laughs> and he was in Thirty Eight Special. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He has a tradition, and he also uh, is the Southern Champ. <laughs> southern Champ. What didn't make the list, Steve? Do you have an opinion on this matter? Yes, I'm going to plug myself here because in episode forty one, I did a bone throw of "I'm Happy That Love Has Found You" by Jimmy Hall which totally qualifies for the Southern Yacht genre. Absolutely. I think that was the first time where we discussed it. Uh, that would have made the list had we not already talked about it and needed to spotlight some other stuff. But definitely add that one to your Southern Yacht playlists out there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I had lots of stuff. I, there's yeah. probably like four or five things that left off there. Um, maybe I'll bring those up for a Yachtsky later. But particularly I wanted to mention Jimmy Webb's Nasty Love. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think it was yachty enough to make this this countdown, but I think I mean it kind of was. But I knew that that Kenny Loggins, there's Kenny Rogers song, and some other ones weren't on there. I was like, we got to put that. You had to fight. You fight for that one. But the thing about the Jimmy Webb uh, album, uh, I can't remember the name of it right now. uh, But look up the song "Nasty Love." The thing of that album is, it is bonanza. Jimmy Webb was a was a friend to many. He wrote, I'm pretty sure he wrote Wichita Lineman. He wrote MacArthur Park. Mm-hmm. He was definitely by the time I get to Phoenix. He was yeah. definitely uh, this guy was a was a Southern country writer, and he had a. Ban- I don't know how it happened, but he had a bonanza yeah, the lineup. Bonanza lineup on that album. Hunter, what was the uh, the Al Cooper song that was on there that I really liked? This shit. I love you more than all it, uh, whatever. Well, well, it's I, called bandwidth or some band, uh, uh, bandstand, bandstand. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted I up wanted on the it, bandstand. I wanted it on there just because Hunter and I were at a party a long time ago, and everybody started buzzing that Al Cooper was there, and I wasn't aware that Al Cooper was Bob Dylan's uh, keyboard player, and that he formed uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And somebody introduced me to him, and I was really bummed out because I thought I was about to meet Alice Cooper. And that's and that's why I thought Al Cooper should have been on the list. Um, that's but a, you got to tell the story anyway. Yeah, and that's a fun album. Uh, it's called Championship Wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually a pretty, pretty, pretty cool album. Um, I, I think it might have been nice to hear like some more Southern Fried Doobie stuff uh, to sort of tie everything all together. I mean, we heard uh, that "Carry Me Away" or whatever that one was called at the top, but like. The song Living on the Fault Line from the album Living on the Fault Line has a very southern feel despite the implication that it's a Frisco song. It's kind of like a jazzy <laughs> southern yacht jam sesh. Yeah, the the album cover kind of gives you yeah, the vibe that yeah, it might be a yeah. Frisco song. Yeah, Living on the Fault Line, I don't think yeah, that's the talking about. Transamerica Tower. Alabama. Um, but there's lots of flavors in that song. It's really weird. Uh, it's a very interesting song. Do we have a name for the... what? A, what a, 
what you are when you're on the Doobie Brothers line? Is it, it's just a doobie bounce. Okay, it's, it's just a doobie bounce. bounce? So. Okay, yeah. so so we don't need to repackage fu- living on the fault line for anything. No. no okay, no. good. Um, so join us next time. Uh, I'm in the captain's chair with duets. It's duets by two people you do not want to imagine having a romantic relationship together. Kind of these two might have fucked 2.0. The but opposite not, of. Not quite. It's not quite. I, I don't want these two to have fucked. Where I really did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't want to think these guys fucked. All right, a little bit of change beyond Yacht Rock. Uh, uh, yeah, we got some... Positive life changes have caught up to us. Mm-hmm. And now we well, have to some go, of us. We have to go bi-weekly until July. Well, you just really threw it out there. Yeah. Dave, can we can we mention you have a very good job coming yeah, up? Yeah, I got I to gotta go to Hawaii and make a movie. Yeah, and so... And so there's going to be some difficulties trying to get Dave into the show, um, and so I'll and still, also I'll still be writing in facts. Yes, he's still, he'll still be doing <laughs> lots of fact checking in Hawaii. He's going to have some time, and it's going to be beautiful weather. Um, but also, we we have also been very busy, so it seems it would be a little counterproductive to try to wedge more guests or Dave like phoning in so we're going to do half the episodes while he's gone every two weeks instead um, Dave is going to try to get here for each and one of those and I'll be uh, I'll be flying back we might have some fun guests filling in for me yeah we, ha- yeah, we don't know. really know we, we don't, don't really know how we're we'll going to handle it, by it ear. but we don't want to get too far ahead of us without Dave because he's definitely an integral part he, of the show absolutely he's at least a quarter of the show um, who's, who's going to get things wrong if I'm not here exactly but <laughs> deepest deepest apologies to you guys caught up to the show for those of you just joining us Take it easy catching up. Yeah, for for our, our older fans, it'll give you a chance to catch up on the newer stuff. For our newer fans, it'll hopefully give you a chance to catch up on the older and, stuff. And for you, our patrons, uh, we'll try to make it up with some extra stuff from the three of us. Maybe Dave will phone in some some facts. Yeah, send me your phone number, Mel. We'll be bored in Hawaii. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be. He'll you'll just have nothing to do. We'll just maybe Dave will leave a message on our machine. We'll just play some facts that he. Hey, I found out some new facts today, and he'll just list them up. We'll give you some extra stuff. We understand if you're not happy uh, with this. Larry Hagman was bisexual. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great preview. Great preview for some some extra stuff. We'll give you while while we're missing half the stuff. So thank you very much for your support. Uh, Dave will be back soon enough. You'll have plenty of fun facts. And let's go to the end. And we will do stuff in the meantime, just not quite as much as as I had hoped. (coughs) Hopefully my cough will be over by July. Uh, Who wants to read the credits today? I'll read them. Find the Southern Yacht Playlist by following J.D. Riznar on Spotify. Go to YachtRock.com to buy t-shirts. Read the Captain's Blog and see show notes by Tim Malcolm. Follow him on Twitter at Timothy Malcolm for fun facts. Send questions via Twitter at YachtRock. Follow J.D. at J.D. Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow Dave at David underscore B underscore Alliance. Follow Hunter Stare at Hunter Stare. Like YachtRock on Facebook. Follow Beyond YachtRock on Instagram. Rate and review us on iTunes. Your reviews help us pick up heat. So please take the time today to write us a review. Thanks to Trevor Wogan for sending in the bumpers. Wogan. Additional bumpers by Mark Rivers and Rob Crow. JD has a question. Hey, and thanks thanks to Matt Brousseau and the entire Feral Audio family. And check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com. Feral Audio.